It seems like in this world, all we get is bad news. Well, on this edition of Truth to Ponder, I'm going to try to spread some good news. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm Jim Calhoun sitting in for Bob Bierman today, and I really appreciate you tuning in, and I appreciate Bob Bierman allowing me the opportunity to talk to his great audience. Well, it seems that every time I come to this microphone, it's just problems and hopefully some problem solving. But it really dawned on me over the weekend that there are more people waking up than I even realized. And now I see that we have different state governments that are starting to look into this whole COVID nonsense as far as the mandatory vaccinations and also this death vax in itself. They're looking into just exactly how this could have happened. And all it's going to take is one or two states to really start coming against big pharma. And then this whole house of cards is going to come tumbling down. Now, on the negative side of that, I think one of the reasons that we have all of this talk about world war as far as these people that are in charge of things wanting to have a war going is because I think they need to cover up what they've done. And I really believe that those at the top really know exactly what they have done because they did it on purpose. And now we have people that are really actively looking into all of these actions of the different tyranny that we've experienced over the last several years. For example, I believe it's Montana is going to pass a law, it looks like they're going to get it passed, that it's going to make it illegal for anyone that's been vaccinated to give blood, to keep their tainted blood out of the blood supply. And that is so very crucial that that happens. Because if you're unvaxxed and you don't have the spike proteins, and for some reason you need to have an infusion of blood, well, that can really lead to problems down the road. Unintended consequences is what it would be if it was just an accident. But since I don't believe that putting these spike proteins in everyone was an accident, I would say that it's intended consequences. Because I really feel that the plan was to use all of the vaccinated people to eventually taint all of the blood supply and therefore taint all of the blood of all of mankind. But I think that there's enough light shown on what's happening now and there's enough people waking up And when they wake up to one thing, they seem to be waking up to a much bigger picture. And that really makes me happy. I'm glad to see that because it's about time that we all started waking up to not only the tyranny and just the bizarre whole thing that that we've all had to go through, but the sheer deadliness of this and just the absolute genocide that we've seen worldwide. And what really has me puzzled is why everyone would walk lockstep when they see something that they know is not right, but yet since they've been told that you have to say it's right, then they automatically, like a parrot, they'll just squawk out what they've heard. I've heard people on interviews that say that it's normal for five-year-old children to have heart conditions and heart attacks, and anyone that really knows the truth knows that you know five-year-olds can have heart attacks. Yes, they can, but it's extremely rare. But these people in the interviews are trying to say that it's not that rare. And some schools were even starting to put defibrillators and other 
different type of life-saving gear in grade schools because of the students that were falling ill with all sorts of heart conditions. And these evil people were saying that was normal. And the people that aren't too bright, that follow everything that the evil people say, were just parroting that. But I think that those days are almost over. I know that Bob Bierman has said for months that he felt that the truth would finally come out. And I really do believe I'm starting to see the tip of the iceberg. But just like a little leak in a dam, that little leak can turn into a whole failure of that dam real quick. And I think that if we start seeing leaking in the dam of the narrative of all this whole COVID nonsense, I think that once the leak has definitely been sprung and people see the leak, I think that the whole dam is going to give way. I think we're going to see people that were damaged by the death jab, people that have had family members die because of the death jab. I think that we're going to see a convergence of lots of groups that are going to be looking directly at Dr. Fauci and Bill Gates and and all of these evil people that have done so many things to harm all of us common people. But I really do see that people are waking up. And so I wanted to start the program with that good news. Now, I know several programs ago that I wanted to say that, but I just kept seeing the negative side. Well, the last two or three days, I have seen so many positive things of different groups and organizations that actually do have enough power to cause that leak in the dam to start. And these groups are demanding that investigations take place. And some of the groups I'm talking about are like state senate committees and and groups like that that actually do have the power to get the ball rolling. And so if you live in a state that there's some talk among the legislatures that they want to look into this whole COVID mess, I think that you need to support those that want to start investigations. And if your state's not one of them, well, maybe it's time you contacted your state legislator and demanded that this is looked into. And I know the harder we push, the more they're going to push back. And I mean, they is the Satanists, the globalists, because they really thought that they could knock us out with one big punch. And in ways, they came awful close to that. An awful lot of people have lost their lives. A lot of people have lost their health. A lot of people have lost their businesses. And lots of people have lost family members and friends due to the fact that they did not want to get the death jab. And the people in their family that were brainwashed decided to have nothing to do with them. And so we have an awful lot of broken things in the wake of this whole COVID mess. But I really think that once the dam breaks and it becomes even obvious to the most brainwashed that they've been had, I think we're going to see a massive change of heart. And so we really need to pray for that because I think that that is in the cards. If there is not a world war, then I think it's going to happen fairly soon. And by fairly soon, I'm thinking within the next two years, I think we're going to see some massive breakthroughs as far as waking people up to the fact that there was mass genocide attempted worldwide. But I've been watching different videos, and these people have guests on that are extremely well-informed. And then I read the comments on the comment section underneath the videos, and it's astounding not only how many people are waking up, but to the extent that they are woke up. And that just makes me feel so good. And so I'm real happy to report that. Now, on the downside, we still have 
renegade school boards and we still have all these governments that are trying to push things that don't work, the protocols that don't work, and we still have some of the doctors' organizations, some of the medical, some people in the medical field. I don't know why they're doing it because they know better. They really do. But they've been told what to do, and like good little zombies, they're going to do it. But it's come to my attention that right now, doctors used to be among the most trusted people. But from the letters and emails that I'm receiving, it's resounding that everybody that's contacted me that's concerning the medical profession no longer trusts anything to do with the medical profession. Because let's face it, a lot of the doctors and also the medical schools get a lot of money from Big Pharma. They have lots of money funneled into their research and also to their classrooms. What Pfizer was doing, creating viruses and so they could sell products, and like I said before, they're farming us, they're making us sick, and so they can quote-unquote make us well, and it's just an endless cycle. And since that's been exposed beyond a shadow of a doubt, I think that that whole process is going to come to a screeching halt, and I hope it does soon. I would hate to be a stockholder in Pfizer because even though they've been given immunity to prosecution on lots of things, I feel deep down in my heart that in the long run, they're going to lose a lot of money because I personally will never buy another Pfizer product again of any type. I don't care if it's for a hangnail. I will not buy a Pfizer product. And I would imagine that I'm not alone. And in the long run, when you have a company that damages their name as much as Pfizer has damaged theirs, I don't care how much money they put into advertising. That's a damaged company. That might be a slowly sinking ship, but it is sinking. And I, for one, am happy to see that. And so we have some really, really big things that are starting to happen. Now, how soon will all this happen? I don't know. But I do know that when it does happen, and I'm going to say when and not if, when it does happen, then other things are going to start coming to light. My whole feeling is, is that if one thing can get exposed and the conspiracy theorists can be proved right, which they're right most of the time, if that's the case, then people can start connecting the dots all the way back to the stolen elections and the criminal activity of Obama and the Clintons and Bill Gates, and all of these people, and Anthony Fauci's. And I think that if the swamp is ever cleaned out, it's not going to be done by a politician. I don't care what Donald Trump says. He's not the one that's going to drain the swamp. It's going to be you and me that's going to drain that swamp. Just by staying very vigilant and watching these people and exposing them. Because in my opinion... What we have in Washington, D.C. are nothing more than cockroaches. And when you shine lights on cockroaches, they go scurrying for the darkness, and they go to the corners and the cracks. And so we just need to keep shining that light of truth on Washington. And also the news media. The news media right now has absolutely no credibility. And I will thank Donald Trump for that. He really opened a lot of people's eyes of the fake news and the propaganda media. And I don't think the media is ever going to be strong. It's never going to be like it was back in the day. I know we only had three networks at one time, 
but it's never going to have that trust factor. There are so many citizen journalists that are out there that are doing a good job, that are truly covering events and informing people. And maybe they're a little rough around the edges. I know that I am. But I know that these people that go out and stand amongst the enemy and interview people, and they go right into the enemy's camp and start asking the hard questions. And what usually happens is that since they're not press as far as the hand-picked people that are chosen by the crooked politicians, a lot of times they call the police and say that they're being harassed. Or they say that the people that are interviewing them are trespassing like on a city street. And in the case of some of the Pfizer executives, they turn and run. They run and lock themselves in their house. They don't know how to handle a really free, vibrant press. And that's another thing I want to say that's I've seen that's good news. We have a very free and vibrant press, but it's one at a time. I don't really consider myself as the press, but I do know that I'm doing a job that the mainstream media is not doing. And I know that there are others out there that are trained journalists that do not work for big media. And also, there are some self-trained journalists that are just absolutely awesome. And it really does my heart good to see these young, vibrant, smart energetic people that are journalists that are actually on the side of truth and they are dogged in how they're trying to get answers from these people that think they're leaders but they're public servants and they've forgotten that and these young vibrant journalists are pointing out you work for me and they're not used to hearing that and so i see that we have some people that are really starting to hit some home runs And I'm not in a position to do that. But there's an awful lot of young, vibrant people out there that are in the position because that's what they've decided to do as a career is to be a real investigative journalist. And so if you are one that likes to surf the web and try to find different news from sources, start watching for the young, vibrant ones that will not back down, the ones that love the truth, and start supporting them. Because that is what's going to finally turn the tables on the deep state. That's how we're going to drain the swamp. The swamp is there because they control everything. They control the buildings. They control the narrative. You know, like when I say they control the buildings. All of the buildings in Washington, D.C. belong to us. We, the people, paid for those buildings. We, the people, maintain those buildings. We, the people, pay the salary of everyone that works in those buildings. But yet, they say that we're trespassing if we go to those buildings. Now, what's wrong with that picture? These people think they own the buildings, they do own the media, and they do own all of the narratives, and they can stand there and lie to you and not worry about it because that's what they do. And so they're so used to lying that I think if they ever told the truth, I think they would probably fall over, they'd probably faint and fall over if they ever told the truth. And that's what drives the deep state. That's what fills the swamp full of these swamp creatures, is because they have no fear, because they have their little fiefdom, and they rule it. But yet, when one of these new journalists that are trying to find out real truth, 
that have really thick skin and they really go about it real aggressive and truly challenge the narrative that we're being spoon-fed on a day-to-day basis. The powers that be get so uncomfortable and you can see them fidget, you can see their eyes shift around and they're not used to having cameras stuck in their face when they don't orchestrate it. And I've seen people that give press conferences all the time tell people that are filming them out on the street and asking them questions. I've heard some say, I won't discuss anything while I'm being filmed. But yet, they'll walk in the building and they'll tell all their lies in front of the mainstream media, and that doesn't bother them at all. But when they're asked the tough questions, they start ducking and dodging. And so I'm really happy to see it. And so we all need to get behind the efforts. And maybe yourself, maybe you should start asking some questions and demand answers. Remember, these people work for us. Same way with the medical profession. I know I got a registered letter from my doctor wanting me to come in for a procedure and was not really threatening, but more or less said, you better tell us whether you want us to do the procedure, because if you don't, well, they kind of insinuated that I wasn't going to be a patient anymore. And the procedure is nothing that I need. It's one of those voluntary tests that you do from time to time when you get a little older. And I did this test two years ago, and I passed with flying colors, so I really don't see a lot of need of doing it again. And then I got a letter from a listener to my show that sent me a postcard that they got from the VA hospital wanting them to come in and and on the front of the postcard it said how much they missed how much they missed them and on the back side of the postcard it said your health is important to us now i know a lot of veterans and i know a lot of veterans that have used the VA hospital through the years and i just had to shake my head when i read those words from the VA hospital your health is very important to us and i'm not a veteran and i don't want to be offensive to veterans but my thought was Since when does the VA really care about the health of veterans? Maybe some VA hospitals do. And since I'm not a veteran, I have no personal experience except friends that have been jacked around and put on waiting lists and got the most horrible care. And this actually happened to a friend of mine, is that he lived right smack dab in the middle between Tulsa and Oklahoma City. And he moved there from Texas. And he was always going to the VA hospital in Texas. And he had congestive heart failure. And so he really did need to have medication and he needed to have doctors. And he had some days that he had to go in and get some medicine and be taken care of because some days his heart would act up on him. And and so he would head into the hospital. He called the VA and they told him where to go in Tulsa. He had his wife drive him in the 60 miles into Tulsa. And he was not in good shape, not at all. And when he got there, they started filling out paperwork. And when they saw the zip code of his address, they said, well, we can't treat you here. You have to go to Oklahoma City, which would be about a 150-mile drive. And he needed care right then. And they wouldn't care for him. And his wife had to drive him to Oklahoma City. And so I've had a lot of veterans that have told me horror stories of the VA. And so for the VA to send out a postcard that says, we miss you, your health is important to us, leads me to believe that there's an awful lot of people that do not trust doctors. And in a way, I'm glad to see that.
Now, good old time doctors, the ones that were humanitarians, God bless them, wonderful people. But the people that are in there just to do the bidding of big pharma, that they turn into basically legalized drug pushers, I'm done with them. I really am. And I know that it was really common for people to go in to get a flu shot and they would accidentally give them the COVID-19 death jab. That happened quite often. And as the old saying goes, the chickens are going to come home to roost. And I really do believe that that's the case. I think the chickens are coming home. I think we all just need to stay the course, stay positive, look at the bright side of everything that we can, and understand that we do have some power. We're not out here just totally powerless like the powers that be want us to think we are. They want us to think that we're totally under their control and that we're totally helpless and that we just ultimately have to bow to their will. Well, they forgot that they're public servants, and so I think we need to start calling them public servants and reminding them that they work for us. Now, I know they'll shrug that off and and they'll grumble something at you, and I know some of them will come right out and say, don't you dare call me a public servant. I'm a senator. They don't get it. They've lost their way. But if enough people tell them they've lost their way, it's not that they're ever going to find their way. I don't think that's ever going to happen. But I think that it'll make them so uncomfortable that they'll finally throw up their hands and quit. Because I think these people can only operate when they control the narrative. And I see right now that their narrative is broken. I don't care how much you try to band-aid something up that's broken and bleeding. You can't do it. There comes a time where you just can't fix it. It's just too broken. And right now, the narrative we've been fed the last couple of years is cracking. And there's lots of cracks. It hasn't broken yet, but it won't take much to break that narrative. And so I, for one, am going to do my best to make those cracks go ahead and break. Because once their narrative is broken and people start waking up, then all of a sudden, maybe we can get a small portion of power back where it belongs. I know there's lots of people that are waiting for the correct politician. I'm going to tell you right now that correct politician has never lived. People in politics are there for their own benefit. Now, I know there's a lot of Donald Trump supporters, and I know that that might upset them. But Donald Trump was in for four years, and I know that they worked against him, and I know they kept him in the dark, and there's lots of times he issued orders of things he needed to have done that they just crumpled up and threw in the trash. I'm well aware of how he was treated. He was treated absolutely awful. And I'm also well aware that he won re-election by a landslide, probably the largest in the history of our country. But yet, the swamp still exists. And so what I'm trying to say is that if one person could drain the swamp, Donald Trump would probably be that person. But one person is never going to drain that swamp. Because after that person is termed out or voted out of office, the swamp just comes back. And this time, when that happened in 2020, the swamp started really feeling invincible. What we need to do is get rid of the swamp creatures and then stay vigilant and never let them back in. Because it seems like there will be another generation of swamp creatures wanting to come up and occupy the places that the swamp creatures occupy now. 
And so what we have to do is be extremely vigilant. Once we get the swamp drained, watch that swamp. Guard it. Don't let these swamp creatures back in. And I think politicians worldwide have probably got the worst reputation in the history of mankind. There's only one or two leaders in the whole world that are even respected by their own people. And so in my opinion, the world is on the verge of anarchy. There's no way that the governments can govern because they've lost the respect of the people. And I think the United States is right there, very, very close. And before we reach the mid-show break, I'd like to ask that you consider supporting Truth to Ponder because I think this ministry is vital in today's world. And supporting this program is very easy to do. Just go to the website, which is truth2ponder.com and go to the support tab, click on it, and it'll lead you through how to electronically support this program. But if you'd like to send in a check or a money order, you would write the check out to Ancient Word Radio, and you would mail to Truth to Ponder, P.O. Box 510, P.O. Box 510, Chill Howie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Virginia, and the zip code is 24319. And your support is very much appreciated. And in this time of growth that Bob Bierman is trying to grow the ministry, your support is vital to the completion of these projects. So I do ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Truth to Ponder. And on the other side of the break, I'll be back and pick up where I left off. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The Ten Sons of Haman. Coming up, Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. The Bible speaks of the attempt of Haman, who hated the Jews, to wipe them out. And in the end, he got hung on his own gallows. And not only that, but his sons, the ten sons of Haman, were also hung. Now, In the 20th century, Hitler rose up and with a band of men, they tried to do the same thing. They tried to wipe out the Jewish people. One of them was named Julius Stryker. He was an anti-Semite who hated the Jewish people. And in the end, they were all brought to judgment in Nuremberg. There were 24 on trial, but in the end, there were 11 left sentenced to death. One of them, Hermann Goering, committed suicide. That left 10, 10 disciples of Hitler like the 10 sons of Haman. And they were hung in the same way that the sons of Haman were killed on the gallows. And when Julius Stryker went up to the gallows, he said these words, he said, Purim, 1946. Now it shows something very important. One is that God will keep his word. And in the end, he will have his way with the Jewish people and also with you. If you are a child of God, listen, you might be going through a tough thing, but the end is, It promises, God's word promises that he will turn it all for good. He will have his way. So remember, no matter what it is, you'll get through it. You just stick with God. In the end, good shall prevail and evil shall be hung. Ask for the Purim Code. Now, feeling like your walk with God could use a real spiritual boost? We got the answer. Free subscription to Sapphires. 
Taken as directed, warning, it can revolutionize your walk for victory. And the incredible mystery of the temple doors, it's all free. You'll love it. How do you get it free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to minister with me in two of the most exciting ministries to beam the word of life around the earth by shortwave radio to every tribe and tongue and to Israel, the Jewish people who gave it to you. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's for you and the Great Commission. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Now you can write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy at box 1111 in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy, 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Be encouraged, my friend, in Messiah HaDerech, the way. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder. This is Jim Calhoun sitting in today for Bob Bierman. And I appreciate you tuning in very much. And also, I want to tell everyone how much that Bob and I both appreciate all of the emails. And so send Bob an email at bob at truthtoponder.com. And if you want to contact me, that's the easiest way to do it. Send the email to bob at truthtoponder.com. And Bob will forward that to me. Well, it seems like as the world gets stranger and weirder, that we're having a definite group of people that have some power. Maybe not the top of the top, but enough people that are on committees in different state governments that are starting to wake up. And a good example of that is how some states are starting to pass laws against having drag queens go into their schools. I know I've seen videos of drag queens going into grade schools, children in kindergarten, first and second grade, and the drag queen starts doing a strip tease in front of the kids. A lot of evil things have happened. And I've got to ask you this. In your lifetime, did you ever think it would be a fad to bring a drag queen in in front of children to have them flaunt their debauchery? That's just sickening. I don't even know how that fad got started. But it seems like it was a fad that caught on. But now we have some states that are starting to put their foot down. And we have other states that have portions that want to secede and join another state. And right here I'm talking Idaho and Oregon. That that's actually having some serious debate. Now I don't think that's ever going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think they're going to ever have the votes to make that happen. But it lets the powers that be know that we, the people, are fed up and we're willing to do anything that we can to try to change the situation. And the more the powers that be get punitive, the more power they're going to lose because we're going to come against them all that much harder. And so I applaud all of the states that are considering banning drag queens in the schools, and there's quite a few of them. And, of course, these are red states. But I think it's wonderful that the world is waking up to the evil of this whole woke society. I know this senator called AOC had a lot of bad things to say about Japan. And she was ripping into Japan because they don't support this woke culture. 
They don't support the LBGBQBDBs, whatever they're called. And so she was casting doubt on whether the United States should allow Japan to host some of the events that were coming up as far as some conferences. But there were many in the Japanese government that told her to mind her own business, that she had absolutely no say in Japan, and to keep her wokeness out of that country. And as long as the United States is trying to export wokeness as our main commodity that we're trying to export, the world is going to stand in mass with a giant no. And like I said a couple of weeks ago, the United States and also the Western cultures, that would be Western Europe and Australia and New Zealand and Canada, just all of the Western nations, are putting themselves into a box. And the rest of the world is disgusted. And then they look at how the United States has used their weapons as far as their military. And also they weaponize the dollar against all of these small countries. They've seen it for years. And now the United States is pushing this culture of absolute, just insanity is what I think it is. They're pushing that on other countries. And once they learn how to say no, which they have on this woke culture, then they'll say no to other things. Now the almighty dollar buys an awful lot of politicians all over the world. I know that. But the United States is by far the largest debtor country in the world. We owe money. We don't have any money. We owe it. There's no way that we could pay the deficit. And there's no way that we could write a check without it bouncing. And the world sees that too. And so through this wokeness, which these people think they're so clever, pushing drag queens and all of this debauchery, what they're doing is they're waking up the people of the world and they're viewing the United States totally different than their parents did. They're viewing the United States with a lot of disdain and a lot of distrust. And so they don't trust our politicians because, well, we don't trust our politicians and they trust them even less. And if their own government works too closely with the United States, well, then their government's not that popular. So it's just a matter of time before this wokeness is going to wake the people up of the world that they want nothing to do with the United States, including the dollar. And when that happens, the United States is going to crumble. And you have all of these Western countries doing some really odd things. You have Schultz, that's the leader of Germany, is warning China that if China helps Russia with weapons, that Germany is going to sanction China. Think about that. Little Germany that doesn't hardly have enough fuel to even keep their industries going, that are have to scramble for electricity, that's suffering massive inflation and a lot of uncertainty, that's giving weapons to Ukraine, has the nerve to tell China that they're going to sanction China if China helps out who they want to help out. The hypocrisy just is amazing. But the nerve of a country like Germany that really leans on China for all sorts of goods to tell China they're going to sanction them. Now, if Germany and China got into a trade war, who do you think is going to win that war? I mean, it's just asininely stupid. But, of course, illegitimate Joe met with Schultz before he said that, 
And so he probably had marching orders from the New World Order people to do that. But that's how insane the leadership is. And the people of Germany see it. All of the people in Europe see what's going on. They feel powerless because I know that the way that the whole structure in Europe has been changed over the last century is that people are very compliant. You don't have a lot of rugged individualists try to write things. And I know that those that have done that have really had a lot of issues of being ostracized and deplatformed, and some of them have even been killed. I know there was a doctor in Germany that was exposing the COVID-19 death jab, and he was murdered. And so the people in Europe are extremely controlled. But even there, they're starting to wake up. You find out that the armies of all these NATO countries are just token forces. Some of the countries that are the loudest wanting to go to war against Russia have the smallest armies. As a matter of fact, it's come to my attention that the entire British army is about 77,000 troops. Now, 77,000 troops is not going to do very much in a war because you have to ask yourself, how many of those 77,000 troops are support personnel? How many are office workers? How many of them are quartermasters? How many of them are cooks? So when they say they have an army of 77,000, how many of those are actually frontline warriors? Probably not that many. But they're huffing and puffing and, and demanding things against Russia. And they're poking the bear. And if I would draw an analogy, it's like a little field mouse going up to a grizzly bear and trying to chew off one of the claws of the grizzly bear. And a grizzly bear wakes up and sees this mouse chewing on him. Well, that mouse isn't going to last very long. And so the UK needs to back off. As a matter of fact, all of them need to back off. Because if Russia ever decided to swat them, they could swat them and just get rid of them very fast. Now, I know there's a lot of talk that Russia can't even beat Ukraine. Well, I've got a couple of things to say about that. First of all, we couldn't win a 20-year war in Afghanistan. And Afghanistan was basically a bunch of well-organized tribes that used hit-and-run tactics. But the Ukraine was the largest standing army in Europe, and they were training for about 10 years, and they were equipped by NATO. And so they were a force that was trained specifically to fight against Russia. That's why Ukraine started the war. And yes, Ukraine did start the war. And so Russia is not going against a bunch of farmers. Russia was going against trained Ukrainians. But right now it's coming to light that all over the Western world, troops are being told they could resign from their army and join a mercenary group and go in and fight for Ukraine. And so they're capturing and killing an awful lot of NATO soldiers that technically aren't controlled by NATO because they technically resigned. But I have a feeling that they didn't really resign and that they're still under the command that they were under when they were in their own army. I think they're still in their own army. I think it's all on paperwork. It's all just smoke and mirrors. But do you realize that Russia has not even used 10% of what they have in their arsenal? I'm talking about the different kinds of weapons and also the amount of weaponry. And Russia right now, from what I gather, has the capability of manufacturing 
200 tanks a month. 200 a month. You know how many years it would take the United States to tool up a factory to put out 200 tanks a month? Several years for that factory to be built. And Russia is already on a wartime footing. They already have their manufacturing geared up. And let's make no mistake, we won World War II because of our work ethic and of the people here in the United States that supplied all of the men with food and ammunition and all the supplies and the, all the guns and tanks and ships and planes. I know ultimately it was our soldiers in the field that had to bear the brunt. But if they weren't fed, and if they didn't have weapons and ammunition, there's no way we would have won World War II. Well, the shoe was on the other foot. We've shipped all of our manufacturing out of this country. We've shipped it to China, to Mexico, to all over the East as far as Vietnam and other places. Most of our computer chips come from Taiwan. A lot of the rare earth material we get comes from China. So we don't have the ability to do what we did in the 1940s. We just don't. But yet Russia does. And Russia is very determined. So I hope cooler heads prevail because we do not want to get into a conflict with Russia because we cannot win. I know that's hard for some people to hear because the United States is supposed to be the good guys. Well, in this case, we're not. We have biolabs that are illegal. All over Ukraine. And remember, illegitimate Joe, the big guy, gets 10% of all of the money laundering and everything that him and his crooked family were doing in Ukraine. So there's a whole lot of issues here that are bigger than just a conflict between Ukraine and Russia. So that's one thing we need to pray about is to have true peacemakers, true diplomats come in and defuse this whole thing. Because, believe me, nobody should be poking that bear. And I think that the truth of all of this Ukraine mess will come to light sooner than later. I just hope that it's done before we end up in a world war. But there again, I'm starting to see some light at the end of that tunnel. Not much. But I know there are people taking to the streets that are anti-war. Not because they're the same old activists that rent-a-mob people that they always bring out to protest and give them a different sign for whatever they're hired to protest. But I'm talking about grassroots movements where the people are seeing what's going to happen and they see that their leadership is corrupt and they see their leadership is really not looking out for them. And so they're starting to stand up and go to the streets. And if that happens in enough places by enough people, then that too will be like a breaking of a dam. Once we the people, and I'm talking about worldwide, once the common people start toppling the corrupt, horrible leadership, if you want to call it leadership, once they start to topple, they're going to start toppling everywhere. And you might say they've already started to topple because you had the Prime Minister of New Zealand resigned and you've had the Prime Minister of England resign, and the Prime Minister of Scotland resign, and then the German Defense Minister several months ago resigned. And so there's a lot of leaders that are feeling the heat, and they're getting out. 
And I think that they need to feel the heat from their people. And one of the reasons why the Scottish prime minister resigned was due to her stance on all this wokeness and putting rapists, male rapists, into female prisons because the male rapist said he was a woman. Figure that one out. So you have some man that's a predator, and he's caught and convicted of raping women, and so they throw him in a prison full of women because he claims that he's a woman. And then you have the prime minister stand up for her decision to stand by putting this man inside a woman's prison where all sorts of problems broke out. And that's one of the reasons that she resigned. Now, she'll never admit to that because these people never admit that they're wrong ever. But that's one reason she's gone. And so we're seeing some cracks in this whole woke movement. I don't know what it is. I don't know where it came from. I think it's part of the psychological operation. I watched a video of a woman who was probably 50, and she was talking to a group of college kids, most mostly girls, and she likely was a professor or else was a guest there to speak to the class, and she mentioned the term men and women. And these young girls came up out of their seats, were screaming like demons. It was just surreal, telling her she was wrong, that there were more than two genders. And so this woman calmly looked at the class and said, there are men and women, there are two genders. And then these girls really came out of their seats, and one of them stood up on the desk and was screeching about friends that had ten genders at once or some crazy thing like that. Young people that are so misguided, and they get worked up over nothing. They get worked up because they're a boy, and you call them a boy. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And I'm going to go down a rabbit trail here. Can you imagine these woke people, what they're going to do when they get drafted? Because the pace that we're going, that our government is trying to get into a war with Russia, there's no way that a draft is not going to happen. Zero possibility of no draft if we get into a war with Russia. Can you imagine one of these green-haired guys with purple teeth and nose rings that calls himself Sally one day and calls himself Fred the next day. Can you imagine what that whole generation is going to do? When you call a boy a boy and he gets mad, can you imagine that person getting drafted? If you thought the riots of 2020 were bad, just wait until the draft comes back. So I guess that's one ugly thing that I'm seeing, that we do have a potential problem there. And another thing I'm seeing that is very promising is the amount of young students, and I'm talking about grade school kids, that are willing to stand up in front of their school board and tell them exactly what's going on in their school and how much it's harming the kids. Now put yourself in their shoes. How much courage is it taking for these young people to go up against the school board, knowing full well that the school board might turn a blind eye to them if they're mistreated by teachers? And don't think that teachers don't mistreat students, that they don't line up with politically. 
because it happens every day. And that's all too sad in this country. And so what we're seeing is we're seeing some young leaders. We're seeing the leaders of tomorrow, the children that have what it takes. They have the guts. They have the will and the determination and the desire to change things for the better. And as we sit and watch what I think is just basically a clown show of a world right now, we have some children that are willing to do what most adults are too afraid to do. All of these school boards need to be fired and replaced. If a majority of parents would go to the school board meeting and all of them demand the resignations, and if they don't get the resignations of the school board, then there needs to be a meeting right there in front of the school board, and there needs to be a new school board voted in. Because the schools belong to us, and in front of the school board, they need to be fired. And they need to be told, you no longer represent our school district. I know I make it sound kind of simple to do, but that's what it's going to take, is people to have the courage of some of these small children. And as I'm doing my research, a lot of times I don't have the time to really devote into researching everything out as much as I want to, because I'm busy here on the ranch. And so I have to really focus on what I'm studying. But I always take a break from whatever I'm studying. When I run into a video of a small child that has the courage to stand up in front of their school board and tell them exactly what time it is. And some of the parents are doing it. Some of the grandparents are doing it. And I applaud that. Everybody needs to do it. But to have these young children go on the front line, and they're not doing that for any glory or any fame. These children truly want the best for their playmates, for their classmates, for their friends, for their generation. I don't understand how the current crop of adults, me included, why we are so short-sighted that we can't see that we're not building leaders for the future. And when one of these children has the courage to speak out and to stand up for Almighty God and to stand up for what is right, We need to really embrace that, and we need to encourage it. And us people that are older, I have to say shame on us for not mentoring the next generation of leaders. But they're rising to the top anyway, regardless of what we have or have not done. But one thing that we can do to help secure the future of our grandchildren is to make sure that our grandchildren have leaders, real positive leaders, in their generation. And so we can't just look at our grandchildren and say, oh, what's going to happen to them, and be scared for them, because we're all doing that. But when we see young people of their generation, of your grandchildren's generation, stand up and have the courage to be leaders, we should be heartened that all is not hopeless. But we should also join the fight. And really stand behind these young people. And if you have any contact with any children, you need to mentor them. You need to let these children know that they're special in the eyes of God. You need to let these children know that they do not have to be just what I would consider slaves or serfs. 
to an out-of-control satanic government. And so I think us older people, I think it would be a good idea to consider ourselves charged with that task. Because if we truly care for our children and our grandchildren, we should help mold the leaders that our children and grandchildren are going to have to spend the rest of their lives with. I don't know who molded this present crop of evil people that we have that call ourselves government. And so we had other generations drop the ball. But I think that we need to stand up for our children and our grandchildren by supporting those that will be their leaders and also mentoring every child that you can. But I want to jump onto the big picture. And the big picture is, is that God wins. Satan is defeated. We have the blood of Jesus. And we are victorious. And we need to act victorious. We need to understand who we are. When we're born again and we're children of God, we need to understand who we are. And also, we need to seek out fellow like-minded people who are true worshipers of Christ. We need to get out of these churches that are nothing but social clubs. We need to fellowship with people that have some spiritual meat. And what I mean by that is people that actually understand the scriptures. I know that even the most knowledgeable people are not that knowledgeable about the workings of God because God does work in mysterious ways. And God is in control. So we have to be still and let God be God. But I think it would be very beneficial to all of us to find like-minded believers and stand the gap for each other. We really need to do that. And we need to understand that we have strength as individuals because we all have to deal with God on a one-to-one basis. We don't deal with God as a group. We deal with God as who we are because he made us unique. But with that said, if we have very solid groups of Christians, I'm talking about practicing Christians, the ones that strive every day to keep the commandments of God and to honor God and to bring God into their life. I know I've met a lot of people that said they were Christians that I'm not sure if they were or not. You know, you just have to take that as face value. It's it's not me to judge that. But I do know that when I'm with fellow believers that are really strong, that I feel a lot more peace because I know we can communicate on almost everything on a higher level. And I think that that's what we need to do right now is do our best to congregate with like-minded people. And I know that's one thing that Bob Bierman is trying to do with his ministry is that he's trying to really, truly make a difference and bring back the true church. Now, I'm not trying to say that he's trying to create his own religion. I'm not trying to say that. What I'm trying to say is the modern church has pretty much lost focus. And Bob Behrman wants to refocus back everything to Christ and the Bible. And he wants to bring back the whole experience of actually fellowshipping with Almighty God. So I'm really excited about what Bob Bierman has planned. And I think it's going to involve several things. I think it's going to involve live church. I think it's going to involve video. Of course, audio and radio. But Bob Bierman truly is on a mission. And I really applaud that. Because right now, 
I think the Christians of the world need to unite, and we need to stand up for each other and be there for each other. And that's what Bob Bierman is trying to do, is he's trying to give believers a place to go to do just that. Whether it's online or in person, there are ways to communicate. There are ways to reach out. There are ways to touch each other spiritually. And I think that's an amazing idea whose time has come. And so I'm really excited about that. I know that Bob's going to be giving you updates, so keep tuning in to Truth to Ponder as he finalizes some plans and has some really big things coming. I'm real excited about that. And so there's a lot of good news. There's lots of things that are starting to break free. A lot of things that I see are light at the end of the tunnel, or you might say the silver lining around the cloud. It may not be a huge silver lining, but it is there, and I'm starting to see it. But the big picture is, is that we are children of an almighty God, an awesome God, a wonderful, loving, caring God, a just and righteous God. And we have a foundation, and all of these evil people that we talk about on a daily basis have no foundation. And so I, for one, feel very, very confident in my foundation. And I think that we should share our foundation with the world and be that light that helps guide people into that safe harbor. Now, I know that just being saved isn't going to keep you from trials and tribulations. I realize that. But ultimately, when we look at the eternal picture, we're in a very, very good place. Well, I hope you got something from today's episode of Truth to Ponder. I really do appreciate Bob letting me talk to his great audience. And I'd like for you to consider donating to this ministry. And all you have to do is go to the website, which is truth2ponder.com. Click on the support tab, and then it'll lead you through how to electronically donate to the show. But if you would like to do it old school and send a check or money order, you would write the check out to Ancient Word Radio, and you would mail to Truth to Ponder, P.O. Box 510, P.O. Box 510, Chill Howie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chill Howie, Virginia, and the zip code is 24319. And your support is very much appreciated. And again, I want to thank you for tuning in today. And until next time, everyone, stay strong, stay vigilant, stay hopeful. But most important of all, replace fear with faith. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.